Breaking news. Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor has reached an agreement on his $1.5 billion sale of the club to Alex Rodriguez, Mark Laurie, and a pair of brothers who make an unpopular podcast about the team. A source with knowledge of the matter confirms that the creators of Wolvescast are involved to front the money to Taylor while Rodriguez and Laurie scrape together the funds. Welcome to episode 162 of Wolvescast, the show about a team that loses when the games matter and wins when they don't. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that we're the ones fronting the money, Neil. I didn't, I didn't know Cuckoo was putting up numbers like that. Yeah, we got it like that. It's all good, you know. I, the new album dropping, you know, I, I can see, you know, you're flush with the cash. Yeah, there's so the pre-orders are rolling in, and uh, we got we got millions on billions, and that's how it works. And uh, you know, Rodriguez and Lori came to us, and I, I thought they were gonna you know have us uh, you know get in there and you know maybe help some of the fan experience, or maybe maybe even uh, you know they wanted our, our takes on uh, you know how to make a team podcast or something like that. But no, no, no. Instead, they wanted they wanted us for our pocketbooks. Yeah, and I mean, I'll be able to contribute once uh, you know I put a large amount of cash on Anthony Edwards to win Rookie of the Year. So if that goes through, I'll be able to pay my half. Wow, great! I'm not worried about that at all. No big deal. No, it's that's money in the bank as far as I'm concerned. I've already <laughs> yeah. started spending it. Uh, that's gonna cash. Yeah, we're just helping them out. You know, we wanted to help those guys. It's time for Glenn to move on, so we wanted to pitch in any way we could. And they said, "Hey, how about uh, how about hundreds of millions?" And we said, "Okay, well, fine. However, we can help, guys." It's the least we could do after all that lasagna Becky fed us. <sighs> Delicious. Delicious stuff there at the Mankato. Thanks, Becky Taylor. Taylor household. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, hi, everybody. It's Wolf's Cast. We are here. We are we are chilling. We are back with you. Uh, the season. Do you think up. in the... Well, <laughs> we're kind of jumping the gun here. Yeah. Timberwolves have been sold. I guess it was in the cold open. Do you think that there's going to be a stipulation that Glenn and Becky get their courtside seats next to the bench for as long as they want? I, I would hope so. I mean... Uh, if that's if I was in Glenn's shoes, that's what I would do. You know, I feel like he still enjoys that part of it. You know, you always see him there, right? He's always no, 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 maybe not always, but you know, more than a lot of owners, I would, I would say, you see him right there. Maybe, maybe other owners are up in the boxes and they're at the games, but we don't see him. But man, Glenn, right. that courtside Cl- seat. I mean, if you know, that's like the one of the main reasons you buy the team. It's just like that. that exactly, honor. I get it. Some owners are more of the sit in the skybox and schmooze over the business partners you're bringing in or whatever. But now, nah, get me a courtside. You know, I've always, I've always liked that about Glenn. He wants to be down there on the floor. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That's exactly how uh, we would do it as well. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely get into more of the team sale stuff uh, here in Full Court Press. We're also going to talk about uh, KG's Hall of Fame induction and talk a little bit about the Lynx season that's upon us. Um, you know, we have a sponsor, and we're going to get mailbag, uh, of course. So we got to wrap one. We do one more mailbag here before uh, before things are all uh, all said and done for the season. Weekly Wolfies in a game, so all that's happening on this podcast. What were you going to say, Scott? What's that? Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, have you Googled the Minnesota Lynx today? Oh, so fun. Yes, that's great. Google did something where if you Google the uh, WNBA team name, there's a little bit. It's kind of like when someone sends you a text message with the confetti or it shoots out all over your screen. It's like (laughs) confetti over your Google search results page. That's the SERP is what I've learned from my wife who works in advertising. Shout out to Meg. It's the search engine results page. Those in the business just call it the SERP, the S-E-R-P. But you get to that page and it showers W. 
WNBA logos and trophies and stuff like that. And just makes it feel like, yeah, we're close to opening day, you know? That's right. We're right around the corner. It's happening on Friday. As this, uh, you know, on the day this podcast gets released. Let's go. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, before we get to all that stuff, we're going to jump in and uh, talk about uh, the last uh, last three games of Timberwolves action. So uh, let's do it right here. Week recap. Wolves are 2-1 and one since our last episode, 22 and 47 overall. They have the sixth worst record in the NBA. Sure seems like that's where they are going to finish, but there is a slight chance, I think, that uh, they could tie, tie Cleveland for fifth and sixth. Um, yes, that one loss to Miami, as frustrating as it was, eliminated the chance that we would tie the Bulls for seventh. So we okay. do no worse or no better, depending on how you look at it, than the sixth seed <laughs> at the very worst. You know, we will not become the seventh worst team in the NBA. Yeah, there's a pretty good gap there. It's actually actually shocking. Yeah, it's going to be the Bulls or the Raptors. I can't believe how far the Raptors fell this year. What a... What a you know crazy season for them. That's that's Man, what happens when you relocate to Tam- Florida. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Raptors experiment did not work out very well, but at least they can all go back to Canada sooner because they don't have to stick around in the states for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, all right, so so yeah, so they're going to probably be sixth. Uh, so hopefully fifth and sixth, and maybe there'll be a you know a little little tie break coin flip. So maybe you could uh, improve your odds by a few more percentages there, but. You know, I think they have like a it's twenty-seven. Not a huge difference, I think. Yeah, like, it's like forty if I'm to twenty-seven. At the odds correctly, there's a uh, for us to get the top three pick, which means we keep our pick. There's about a thirty percent chance if we have the sixth worst record, mm-hmm. we have the fifth worst record that jumps up to like a thirty-one percent chance or thirty-one point five percent chance. So there's not like a huge difference between six and five. And then uh, the fourth worst record, it looks like they have a. 35% chance. So it's a little bit higher there. And then obviously we've been quoting the 40% chance all, all season before we had a top, bottom three record, but that's not going to happen anymore. We're too good. Too good. All the other teams uh, were better at tanking. These teams have lost we, like we 10 just, and 12 uh, we, in a we row. We don't suck as much as these other teams do. You know, like we're not yeah. as bad as the Houston Rockets. I mean, it, there's this team just doesn't lose like the Detroit Pistons lose, you know, and OKC disgusting, you know, what what failures. <laughs> yeah, we've been that team before. That's, that's how oh, it yeah. goes. Well, I, I mean, there was a little uh, chatter with the Discord boys and the Juancho Hernan Gomez fan club. That's the, our channel name for our Timberwolves talk. And uh, some people were saying, you know, well, how do we feel about winning against like the Orlando Magic? You know, this is kind of what happened last week, by the way. Uh, the Orlando Magic had like eight of their best players missing. <laughs> like it was a real who's who of like who he played for. Uh, and I was just like, you know what? We act like, oh, is this going to be such an easy win? But the Wolves have lost those games in the past. You know, the Wolves have played plenty of teams or like even the season earlier the season with OKC when it was just Shea and a bunch of who's who no name guys. OKC beat us because we don't, you know, we don't win the games we're supposed to win necessarily. So even though, you know, it's us playing teams like Orlando and Detroit who have benched all of their players in a very blatant attempt to tank out the rest of the season, uh, I, I still don't take those wins for granted because we've been Timberwolves fans for far too long to take any of those wins for granted. Yeah, totally. When I, when I see those teams, like, yeah, when talking about that Orlando and Detroit game, again, I just think to like, oh, yeah, the, the, uh, too, way too often the Wolves are that team where it's just like the end of the season, such a bummer, and all the guys are either 
either hurt or you know uh, resting or whatever it's just so sad uh let's play so, all the rookies 35 minutes yeah you know? yeah so yeah these guys you know these teams will probably uh get a you know a, you know a generational talent in this draft and that will be their reward but man it's tough it's tough on the fans and probably on the oh. players too at the end of these seasons we're just like they got nothing going for it meanwhile the I wolves can't even are, imagine feel like good a generational a talent on detroit or orlando it seems like they always <laughs> f it up somehow you know so maybe it's okay that they're ahead in the draft because they're gonna f it up somehow you know? yep yep just how totally franchises roll could you imagine detroit getting like a franchise player and then being good it's been so long <laughs> yeah no that, that would be strange so so yeah this week wolves uh lose in miami on friday uh 112 to 121 and then on sunday and tuesday they get two wins uh 128-96 against orlando and 119-100 against detroit and yeah we can kind of talk about them kind of in a big clump like this i mean that miami game i guess was sort of an anomaly i mean that was you know again you're still you're playing a playoff team there you're playing a team that's trying really still uh trying uh to continue uh ascending in the standings and stuff like that and uh what, what a strange game right just a weird one russell getting ejected the refs were terrible there were five five techs called and stuff like that and um you know that was just such a strange game and then the little tussle right between <laughs> between butler the, the words exchanged between butler and towns i couldn't uh, hear it on the mic so i asked you neil why don't you tell our listeners what was being said well the main thing that i think was taken away from this is uh is uh jimmy butler calling uh calling uh carl town soft saying he's uh softer than baby shit so uh that was the main thing and i believe towns uh came back with a why don't you go call Rachel Nichols type of line there so you know a those better two comeback was, than we're used to usually yeah. Towns is the really weak comebacks when players <laughs> like Embiid and stuff pick on him we've right, discussed right. this at length in the past but it's actually a pretty good one like why don't you go be a fake you know tough guy to the ESPN you know why don't you run to ESPN and call your little reporter friends you know Yes. And also, like, I mean, Jimmy's such a fake tough guy. Like, yeah, you're you're beating one of the worst teams in the NBA. You know, pat yourself on the back, Jimmy Butler. Your team has been terrible this season. You've lost to the Timberwolves. You know, like, you're not going anywhere in the playoffs. So go ahead and, and act like a tough guy when you're picking on someone smaller than you. You know, it's just like yeah. you're not you're not convincing me you're, you're you're some tough guy because you're talking trash when you're beating the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, like exactly. it's just like. Yeah, Jimmy's S, you know, it can be fun, but it gets tired. Put some respect on my name. Remember that. Yes, so uh, that was a strange one. Uh, Wolves lose there, but then um, and then they really get their, uh, you know, they get their steamroller going here for uh, both of these uh, final two away games of the season. Again, just just a total blowout in Orlando, and they then, did not uh, show up to play. It was what <laughs> forty point lead at half or something. Yeah, crazy, yeah, it was huge. Yeah, it was they were up thirty at the half, um, and it was uh, thirty one was uh, Minnesota's uh, largest lead in the game this season, I believe. So. Uh, that was a uh, yes. It was a it was a for this season. It was one of those big ones, and um, yeah, Orlando's to shell themselves, all the injuries, all that stuff. You know, they're uh, they're doing what they need to do and getting down there to the bottom and trying to get uh, get restarted here. But, Hopefully, uh, those orange yeah. jerseys don't make a return next year. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah, everyone's yeah. I mean, I don't care for the orange jerseys either. But something I was thinking about as far as like that stuff goes is all right. This is it. The we the wolves need 
need to have an alternate court next year. You know, like, you know, they completely want about Orlando and their jerseys, but at least they got an alternate court for that stuff. You know, they, they're really going in on that where, I don't know, I just think the Wolves are, I feel like they're one of the last teams in the league to like experiment with an alt court. So come on, team well, sold maybe, now, uh, let's go. Th- there's reason to believe the new owners will be more on the yes. cutting edge of things, but Ooh, we can talk about that a little yeah. later. I think they I think they might be. So yeah, big beatdown in Orlando and then they take it on to Detroit. Kind of uh, interesting symmetry here how the how the team they start they started their season. Uh their first road game was in Detroit. We I remember being in your house. We watched that one together. That was game 1. And then uh they ended uh their uh you know, road season in Detroit as well, right? So a little little book ending there. Uh, do, getting it done in Detroit. Two very different teams, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> From the I mean, beginning Detroit of the year, at least had the- a bunch of young rookies there playing. So, you know, unlike Orlando, who is just like Cole Anthony and who are these guys? Yeah. It was fun to watch this Isaiah Stewart guy play. Man, he's got some hops. He was um, playing hard. I was just saying that, like, you know, from the team, the Pistons team the Wolves faced in game one was very different Pistons team than <laughs> the team. Oh, yeah. They, they had like know, Derek Rose and Blake Griffin. Yeah, and they traded Blake and Derek and, um, you know, they, they, they got rid of. Of some people, yeah, and they changed, they flipped it over to the youth movement. They have a new uh, new GM, so he's taking control. He's doing the Rosas from last year, right? Really reshaping yep. everything. But yeah, to your point, Isaiah Stewart, uh, Sadiq Bay drafted this Ooh, year. You Sadiq know, a lot Bey. of people have him. Uh, you know, in their all rookie teams, they um, traded. They got Killian Hayes too, right? Yeah, yeah, no, Killian Hayes. He was their highest draft pick. Yeah, so um, he missed a lot of the season though to injury. And then um, uh, Seiko Dimbuya, uh, who they drafted last year. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of interesting young there. guys. Yeah, and then they'll have a you know I think they're locked into the second uh, worst record in the league here this season. So they'll they'll be way up there. They'll get another good guy there. So they'll be all right. They'll be all right. But uh, yeah, just interesting to see the Wolves really take care of business here and really go for it because they're uh, you know they're still trying while the rest of these teams uh, down here at the bottom are tanking. And um, yeah, Orlando and Detroit both got the result they wanted out of those games. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll put it that way. Oh yes, so um, yeah, it, it'll be um, you know the interesting thing here for the Wolves now is uh, you know now now they're up against uh, you know they're they're up against some some teams who are still trying right now their last three games uh, here this season are against uh, playoff opponents right they have uh, the Nuggets uh, right now as we record this here on Thursday and then uh, Boston and Dallas uh, this weekend for some, some some afternoon games or one of them is an afternoon game one of them is an evening game they just announced Ooh. the times for those games today uh, I hate. Afternoon games. One of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> Everyone's playing on the afternoon, though, I think, on that day. So hopefully yeah. we can play spoiler for a few of these teams. I mean, Nuggets are pretty locked in, but you know, I was gonna say maybe Dallas will rest their stars final game of the season, but they can't. They're they're yeah. the playoff seating is so close. That's right. They're trying to they're trying to lock it in and and, and, and I don't know if they're right down there at the bottom, they're trying to avoid uh, you know, being in that play in, I guess. Let's see, they're the sixth seed right now, the Mavericks are. Yeah, right yeah. there. They're, or maybe they're they tied. want to fall to they're that tied because they don't want that matchup with the number two seed, you know? Yeah, they're tied right now, actually, 5-6 with the Blazers, it, so it's going to go down to the to wire, and then the Lakers are If right they're six, them. they would have to play the Clippers first round, so maybe they want to lose. You know, it's it'll all go down yep. to the final day, which is why these play-in tournaments are fun. It makes, you know, the standings really matter in the final week of the season. 
Yeah, yeah, I think they de- they definitely want are going to need keep winning because if you go down to seven, then you got to play that uh, that play in, right? So you want to you want to stay out of that. So uh, that'll be one uh, minor thing I thought about this week when we were beating Orlando is like, yeah, you know, you could say like, why are we winning these games? We should be tanking, blah blah blah. We already talked about that. We want all the right. wins we can at this point. We talked about it on previous weeks. You can go check it out, wolfscast.com, Everybody subscribe, canishoopus.com, Listen to us. But you know, we got all these numbers like in our. Orlando is like the Wolves have lost their last 13 games in Orlando or something like that you know these like the Wolves haven't won in Houston since 2004 and stuff like that and we get to erase those records you know who cares if it's us playing a tanking team the record books won't know you know we got to get rid of all these pathetic like the Wolves haven't won against Toronto on the road since 1990 you know we got to get rid of all that stuff so it's a nice cleansing effect at least on the team record books I feel like we got I got rid of a lot of those in the Jimmy Butler year right that was the yeah definitely I remember that like being a thing that we were talking about a lot on the podcast is like oh yeah all these records are finally falling because the walls are gonna have a winning <laughs> winning record this year or whatever <laughs> so right exactly yeah, that, that was a nice year for those types of things too but yeah to your point there's still some of those out there right there's still some of those to knock down and yeah they're they're, they're taking care of some of that uh right here at the end of this season you know basically playing 500 balls since the all-star break that kind of thing so Yes. Yeah, there awesome was a Kirk Goldsberry graphic that maybe you saw this week where it showed it was a chart of uh, all the teams since the All-Star break, which teams have improved the most oh, yeah. and uh, the opposite of improved, which teams have gotten worse, <laughs> degraded the most, <laughs> yeah. degraded for Kate. OKC was like twisting the chart. They had fallen off so far. It was like skewing the rest of the results on the chart because yeah, they were steep. so bad. And besides the Dallas Mavericks, Minnesota, the most improved team regards to net rating since the All-Star break. That's us. Let's go. Chris Finch in the house. Here we go. That's right. Let's go. Unstoppable. Getting excited for next year. All right. That's uh that's week recap. Uh there's uh there's one one week left, right? We're gonna have three games to talk about next week. More, maybe we won't even talk about the games. It'll kinda of, kinda of be more of a season recap type of thing, but you know, enjoy them here, Wolves fans. Uh, remember, you know it sucks. It's a, you know, it's a, even though the Wolves were playing better at the end of this season, it's usually a bittersweet time where you're kind of like, all right, I'm ready for all this losing to be over. But at the same time, you're not really thinking about how long it's going to be before you see Timberwolves again. So that's right. You know, I'm already kind of dreading it a little myself. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, at least we have the consolation of like the playoffs should be really good. I'm excited to watch the playoffs. Yeah, and They're as we'll talk so about, great, but still, yeah, and as we'll talk about later in full court press, we've got the links too. So you just switch on over the links ball. It's all good. Heck yeah, I saw on Twitter Josh Okogie showed up to the game tonight wearing his <laughs> Sylvia Fowles First Avenue jersey. Yeah, looking so good, looking so good, J.O. Where'd you Shout get out. it, J.O.? Get us one. <laughs> Hook us up. Um, nice. All right, onward to Full Court Press. Here's the tip. All right, the sale of the Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Lynx is complete. Uh, Alex Rodriguez... And uh, Mark Laurie, um, they're they're in. It's all done. It's been signed. Uh, Shams tweeted about it, so it's over. Uh, there was some uh, some worry about that a few days ago. Well, we you have know? to make sure A Rod and Mark Laurie pass their physicals first. You know. Oh yes, you're you're saying that uh, that you're saying that A Rod might have a history to worry about here. Well, you know, I just, you know, you never want to say the deal is done until they get through the physicals, you know. I Maybe not even, you know, with the all the PEDs A-Rod took. He's got a bad hip, you know. That guy missed like a whole season later in his career because of his hip. So we just got to get those x-rays, you know, get get him on the treadmill, hook up all the wires to him, that kind of stuff. And I have no doubt Mark Laurie will be fine. He just beat uh, Jerry Rice in a 40-yard dash competition. But they got to be careful about A-Rod. Yeah, that's a little – I mean, you do look at Laurie and he – I mean, when you mentioned 
mentioned this last week, but dude is ripped. Dude yeah. is dude is bulky. He's looking kind of hulkish and stuff. So yeah, he certainly he seems like he's maybe gotten some tips on some doctors uh, from our friend A Rod there, and uh, that's the thing people don't know about. You know, um, yeah, it's illegal to have PEDs when you are a professional athlete, but it's also illegal to own a team while you're on PEDs. So those guys gotta be careful. They're gonna get drug tested after every game. It's how it works for the owners. Glenn's been doing it for thirty years, and now now they have to as well. So. Just Can't one of the juicing. things. Can't be juicy. You know, no. We've been talking about Mark Laurie and A-Rod for about a month because that's oh, yeah. when they entered the 30-day exclusivity agreement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably much every week on the pod for the past month, we've done some little coverage. So it's not going to be shocking to any of our listeners that this happened. But I just want to take a bigger view of it, Neil. Are you surprised that the Timberwolves have finally sold? Um, no, I, I guess I, I even as many times as Glenn has kind of bluffed on this, you know, that's kind of the joke. But... I don't know. I, the fact that they, you know, actually got to the 30 day thing and just seeing, just seeing how far down the line they went with it. You know, like we mentioned last week, the Lori interview he did with about this stuff. And, you know, Rodriguez sitting courtside at the Miami game last week and, you know, tweeting, you know, tweeting blue and green emoji and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess everything could have fallen apart and that would have been very Timberwolves and very, very Glenn Taylor, the whole situation. But it was just too far down the road. I, 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 it was just a matter of when. Now, like we said earlier in the week, there was some, all right, 30 days have passed. What's happening Aaron here? Aaron that's his entrance music. Yep, here yep. he comes. <laughs> but then there was a Bloomberg article and, um, you know, talking about Rodriguez and Lori and, you know, they're starting this investment capital firm called Vision Capital People, a.k.a. VCP. And in there they said, well, it's still getting done, essentially. So, um, so yeah. So I don't know. I wasn't too worried about it. Were you? Were you? Were, 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 you were you saying no? Not till it's not till the ink is dry. Is is it real? Well, I mean, am I surprised from two weeks ago? No, I'm not surprised because the ink was kind of the writing was on the wall. But I think like as soon as like a month ago, maybe two months ago, you know, people would ask me about it. Hey, we're here. Or even when the A Rod stuff came out, people asked me, "Are we selling to A Rod?" And I would say. No, here's my response to every Glenn, is Glenn Taylor going to sell the team question I've been asked for the past several years. The response has always been the same. I'll believe it when I see it. Glenn has gone down this road too many times. And so my attitude was the same coming into this at the very beginning. I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. And so I am surprised. You know, I was, like I said, I was telling my friends and family, you know, as of a month ago, uh, pump the brakes, you know, don't, don't assume that this is going to get done. I'm, you know, we've been here before. So I tried to have that kind of weathered veteran experience kind of perspective on Glenn. Like, oh, you guys don't know Glenn like I know Glenn. But uh, apparently I was wrong. So egg on my face because I was telling people it probably wouldn't happen. And now it has. Yeah, it finally, finally did. But, uh, yep, it's been completed 1.5 billion is a uh, billion is the is the is the thing is the number and uh, i guess it'll be a two and a half year uh exit strategy for uh, for taylor there um you know yeah, slowly stepping true, away true minnesota and glenn taylor can't make a short goodbye yes, you know yes, he can't, he can't just walk minnesota out of the goodbye. party and leave he's got to do the long minnesota goodbye I guess I had, I had been thinking like two years, but I specifically saw Krasinski put 2.5 years in like a tweet today. I wonder if that means like, okay, so it's essentially the beginning of the, what What would that be, the 2023 season, right? So like the half year is from no, now until yeah, the yeah, start of next yeah. season. I, I believe, yeah, the half year is the end of this NBA season. Yeah, yeah. It. Okay, cool. So the, yeah, the, the tip off of 2023 is when uh, Glenn will, will not 
not have that. Um, I don't know. I didn't really read into it too much. I wonder if uh, you know when you finally get the details, like what percentage he will still have after those years. I'm, I'm, I would be shocked if it was down to zero. You know, but I think he's got to keep just enough percent to keep those courtside tickets, like we were talking about. <laughs> Again, yeah, whatever that number is, it's worth it. Go for it, man. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it finally happened. It's all, it's all here. I mean, yeah, it is kind of like you were talking about. It's kind of weird because I've been talking about it so much, but it all, like you said, it was, it was not official yet and now it actually is and it is pretty pretty wild to think about this has kind of been hanging over the team for a long time but especially this year right like especially um you know in since like the fall it was like okay this this is probably going to be it and um well one of the things that always makes me think like glenn taylor wasn't going to sell the team is every time he's tried to and then stopped it just increased the value of the team by like a hundred million dollars you know like yeah it's never hurt it's never hurt him to do that yeah, the NBA franchises, even when I was looking at the valuations today, it was like, you know, five years ago, Ballmer bought the Clippers for $2 billion, and now it's just like, these teams are worth so much more now. You know, even the Timberwolves are worth one point five. you know, and we don't know, you know, there were some rumors that Glenn was kind of selling for a discount if there was some commitments to keeping the team in town. We'll have to wait and see yeah. how that all shakes out. We'll watch the reporting come through on this deal. But some people are like, does that seem a little low? Some people are like, is that really high? You know, but I think $1.5 is really good for like what's probably, you know, obviously one of the worst franchises. It's a, it's a better market than like an OKC or something. But, you know, it's a distressed asset, as they would call it in the finance world. <laughs> Yeah, and it'll be uh, interesting to see sort of what happens from from here on out. Now, you know, now that this is official, it's sort of like what changes will we see? Sort of wh- how how soon will we kind of feel the differences? I guess um, you got to think. You know, Rosas is probably safe for another year or something like that. But if the Wolves, you know, really disappoint again next year, you could see you know the owner, the new owners, kind of want to put their stamp on things. So um, you know, I think there'll be a grace period for for Rosas and and, and and things on the court. But there might be some other changes coming to uh, the Timberwolves and Lynx experience and sort of how the how the you know business is run and you know maybe some hirings and some firings out there so that's kind of what to look forward to next is sort of how soon and how much will these guys put their stamp on sort of the non-basketball things the the business and the entertainment of it all yeah, they have options. They could, you know, hopefully things go great. And when the team gets handed off, you know, we've made the playoffs for the next two seasons and we're entering Cat's final season, Delo's final season on the contract books while we hand the team over and they'll be so happy. They'll sign, resign, and we'll continue this train rolling. Anthony Edwards winning MVP awards and stuff. But the flip side is, you know, maybe they let, if things are going badly, why fight our Gerson next season? Let him, let him play it out and keep getting you some good draft capital. Let him take all the heat for trading away the superstars and then you come in with clean books you know maybe they'll do that but I think that one thing is for sure everything I've read about Mark Laurie and there's a lot of stuff coming out now because everyone's like who's this Mark Laurie guy A-Rod obviously we know who A-Rod is but everything I've read about Mark Laurie is that he's not a guy who likes to sit back you know he's not a guy who lets things develop and is going to bide his time he is a go-getter he wants to make things happen and he's already champing at the bit to start doing stuff so I think that we will see immediate effects as soon as next season I'd expect uh, a new experience at the Target Center, and we'll just continue to see their influence on the franchise more and more. I don't think we're going to have to wait for uh, even a year to see the, them start changing this franchise. 
Yeah, like we said last week, these guys are young. I mean, uh, A-Rod's 45, Lori's 49, so um, a huge difference, right? I mean, Glenn is what, like 80-something? <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. He, I mean, A-Rod there, is so basically a, KG's age, you know? <laughs> yeah, Glenn's 80, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so we're talking 35 years difference between these these guys out here. So uh, that's I think it's going to make it really interesting. It's going to be a different yeah. experience from us because Glenn Taylor, say what you will about him, never really made way in the news too much like he would rarely come up in the news it was just glenn being glenn you know but Lori and a rod they are you know in the news all the time at least a rod is just by the sense of the you know kind of gossip column who's he dating where's he at kind of stuff but like Lori is making news in the business community he's always trying new business ventures and stuff like that so i feel like you know if we had set up a google alert for glenn taylor it would probably go off like once a month <laughs> i feel like if we set up google alerts for mark Lori and a rod we're going to get a hundred a day kind of thing so it's going to be weird for Timberwolves fans to have uh, owners doing stuff and we could follow our owners and, and you know there's going to be news about them whereas Glenn has just always been Glenn you know that's right no uh, Glenn has never hosted Shark Tank so uh, right exactly maybe, maybe he will now maybe it'll flip right it'll be like all right now Glenn's free to go out there and uh, do all this other stuff <laughs> would that be funny like, Glenn I think is, an like, episode on TV with Glenn on stuff. Shark Tank would be hilarious like let's, let's get go. Jake Scraps on let's get him on the parody because that uh, that's uh, rife for parody right there. That's right. All right. Anything else on team sales stuff, Scott? Um, yeah, I think, you know, if you have listened to us in the past, you have an athletic subscription because we love Britt Robson and John Krasinski. Uh, JK, uh, John Krasinski had a great story, The Wild Risks and Beautiful Mind that brought Mark Laurie to Glenn Taylor's door. It's great kind of background read. If you are like us, we're wondering who Mark Laurie is. There's a link in that to a podcast. So even if you don't have The Athletic, maybe we'll throw the link in the show notes. There's oh, yeah. Mark Laurie was on a uh, Gary V podcast and just listening to him to him chat. It's just like, wow, this guy's really personable. He's telling stories from his childhood about collecting cards and like growing up in the neighborhood. And it's just like he has a really easygoing way where it's just like this dude is really interesting to listen to, which is once again, something we've never said about Glenn Taylor. So we'll put those links in the show notes. You can check it out. And I'm sure we'll be talking about them a lot more going forward that's right okay onward time to talk kg he's hitting up kevin garnett is uh about to be inducted into the basketball hall of fame it's happening this weekend and people are uh, saying maybe the best induction class of all time we got the legends tim duncan kevin garnett kobe bryant like what a what a trio of players yeah, so I mean, congratulations to KG. Uh, I did this was very brief googling everybody, kind of prepping for the pod tonight. I saw an article from it last year that was like, how many Hall of Famers each NBA franchise has, mm-hmm. and this list was very loose. Like the Memphis Grizzlies had one Hall of Famer, Allen Iverson. He's not a Grizzly by trade, but it's like, <laughs> have you ever played? Like the Cavs counted Shaq as one of their Hall of Famers oh, on this list. It's basically, yeah. have you ever had a Hall of Famer play for your team or coach? Yeah, yeah. And there's only two franchises that had zero, and that's the New Orleans Pelicans and your Minnesota Timberwolves. So apparently we've never had a Hall of Famer roll through, you know, and even play for the team for a while. Um, so, you know, it's nice to get on that list with, uh, and this is something that the NBA, I don't believe, does. They make a big deal in the Cooperstown uh, with a baseball Hall of Fame of what team's cap, like what you're going in representing what team because your Uh, Hall of Fame plaque will have hmm. you wearing a Twins baseball cap or like it's a big deal because the Rockies got their like first one or the Expos got their first one. You know, both of those happened recently. So it's a big deal what team you're going in as. I don't believe that's the same thing as the NBA because I'd imagine, you know, even if it was that situation, Garnett would go in as a Wolf and not a Celtic probably, you know. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a big weekend for uh, for KG. You know, we're coming, we're coming, coming in, coming, coming, coming to the coming to was it Springfield or whatever? <laughs> Where it is? Yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, too. Springfield. Uh, yes, the Naismith. Uh, so he's going there. Connecticut uh, is it? Uh, Springfield, Illinois, not Illinois. I don't know where it no, is actually. Massachusetts, maybe. Um, but yes, uh, a couple articles we want to point you to. Britt Robson, uh, aforementioned, uh, did his uh, had his ringer debut. Scott, so if you if you've been see. listening to us and you can't afford it, I understand. Times are tough. You know, I'm not going to make any judgments in this economy. But if you've been like, man, they're always talking up Britt Robson, I, but I, he's behind a paywall. Go check him out at the Rainer. Same great Brit action on a free-to-read website. Yeah, and then uh, Steve Ashburner, who uh, I forget which paper he worked for, but he was a, he's a local Minnesotan guy who I believe, uh, I think it was Pioneer Press that he wrote for for a super long time, kind of in the mid-90s, um, in the late, late 90s here in the Twin Cities. Uh, now he's been writing for NBA.com for a long time. Uh, he wrote a great um, KG profile on NBA.com. So we'll link to both of those in the show notes. And, you know, we did kind of a lot of KG talk last week. We reviewed the yeah, book, KG A to Z. KG so. from A to Z, his memoir. We You can check out our thoughts about it from last week yeah. but between that and reading all these reminiscences reminisci <laughs> reading all these recollections of yeah. these first person perspectives of covering kg and what it was like when he was a timberwolf has been so much fun uh like they're not the same level as like jordan stories but kg stories are a, a very you know it's a bountiful mine you know of content there i don't know what i'm saying but yeah. you know what i say no there's so much good stuff we had jeff munichy on uh on the uh daily star tribune show um with uh with uh Rand ball so he was on there telling some good stories and stuff like that so yeah definitely um you know check out you know there's lots of good kg stuff going out right now due to this and then uh you know the 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 hall of fame uh induction um is happening um looks looks like it's happening on uh it's on the 15th i think so um yeah it's in mohegan sun that's just the uh, thing so that'll be uh saturday i believe is uh when it's all it's all going down and so i believe you can Follow, watch that uh, tick tick picks yeah <laughs> Ticks picks uh, or whatever. Yeah, on Instagram, you know, big ticket and tick picks. KG's uh, IG. I saw one of his uh, IG stories on May second. It's he said, oh five, oh two, twenty one. All three of my numbers. (laughs) Three numbers he wore in his career. Nice. So yeah, check that out this weekend. It'll be a big, uh, big day for uh, for KG and for the Wolves franchise having their having their first Hall of Famer going in. That's fantastic. All Next right, stop, last... let's retire his number. Glenn, right, get out of here. Get out of here, Glenn. Hey, Rod wants to do it. All right, last thing here. He's on fire! Or should we say she's on fire? It is Lynx, Lynx season, Scott. Lynx season is here. Finally. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. This is dropping on Friday, and the Lynx are playing game number one of 32 uh, on Friday, facing off against uh, Diana Taurasi and the Phoenix Mercury. You can check it mm. out at 8 p.m. I saw their jerseys. On, uh, they look hot. Oh, yeah. All the jerseys are great. So many great jerseys in the league this year. Um, so, yeah. Um, you know, I uh, I made a, uh, I also make a Lynx Dynasty, which is a, a Lynx podcast uh, every summer. Been doing that since uh, 2017. And, um, and uh, throughout the or just also make kind of another show. It's a show within the same feed. It's kind of confusing, but uh, uh, all the links 
uh, podcast content you could ever want is right there in uh, Lynx Dynasty. Of course, we'll uh, link to that in the show notes. But yesterday I released a uh, Lynx Season Preview podcast with uh, Canis Hoopus's own Leo Sun, who you know, um, uh, why Yo Leo is his uh, Twitter handle. Um, he tweets about the Wolves and the Lynx. You know about about uh, about Leo. That was fun to talk to him. He's going to, um, uh, myself, Leo, and another gentleman named Brian are going to be covering the Lynx for you this year. Um, so last few years it's been kind of just me. Last year uh, Leo helped a whole bunch, so it'd be nice to have three of us out there doing it, tag teaming, taking some of the weight, so I can kind of focus more on the audio stuff and not be <laughs> recapping literally every game. So that'll be nice. But the season is here, Scott. Um, what are you excited about? What do you What are you thinking? I mean, I know you're I know you're a Dangerfield fan, um, but uh, you know what, what do you think? What are you excited for this year with Lynx basketball? I'm excited because last year's team just came out of nowhere. They're in the Wubble, and I was at home a lot, so I was able to watch like all these games. I watched way more games than I normally do, and they made such a great playoff run. I mean, they gave the Seattle Storm a harder time in the conference finals than the yeah. Aces did in the finals, you know? True, and true. I think you look at the team that we had last year, it was like your best two players are, you know, Nafisa Collier, who I love, and she's a soft, she was a sophomore last year. Yep. And uh, as you said, Crystal Dangerfield, who was a uh, rookie, and she won Rookie of the Year. And to have those two, because Sylvia Fowles was injured. She was pretty much out the whole season. She's obviously she played, former she played six MVP, games, you know? I think. So. She's our girl, um, but she was out all of last season. So it was basically just a team of untested players, and they only almost made it to the finals. So we bring it back this year. We have some really exciting new additions. Man, we got some great players in the offseason. Sylvia's going to be healthy. You got another year of experience with Crystal and Nafisa. And I'm just so excited to see what that team does next because last year was this kind of surprise breakthrough. And I think that now they're not going to sneak up on people after what's been done over the past season. Yeah, you nailed it. That's uh, that's the pitch for this year, right? Is hey, this team overachieved without their best player last year, and now they're going to add her back, and you know, all those young players will be a little bit better. And yeah, they uh, they had their the biggest... goal is championship or bust. There's Let's no go. moral victories this season, you know. That's right. That's right. With the Lynx, they always they're always at least in the playoffs, and uh, more years than not, they're going to be contenders as well. So um, this year will be no different. Um, uh, you know, the other great thing, yeah, you mentioned the free agents. You know, bringing in it was their biggest free agent um, signing. Of, of of probably the you know Link's history because uh, in the past they were so good that you know they they didn't have the flexibility really they had the kind of their their dynasty team set so they were just tinkering around the edges usually it would just be like their first round draft pick would be the only, the only new player and then also the CBA kind of uh, limited player movement so much that even if you know you wanted to happen you wouldn't really get that very often so now everything's changed right now the, the CBA is different there's more money there's more tiers of of player contracts out there so the you just have way more flexibility in the links. Uh, yeah, signing uh, signing uh, uh, McBride uh, away from uh, from uh, from Las Vegas, uh, Ariel Powers uh, from Washington, and um, Natalie Achanwa away from Indiana. So three solid players. Powers and McBride will be starters probably. Uh, McBride's an, a former All Star. She's she's the she's the gem of that bunch for sure. So you get a lot more shooting around Sill. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. The only, the only problem is there's a lot of good teams in the league too right now, which is fun, right? It's that's uh, that's a thing. It's 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 not like the links are gonna you know vault right to the top because there's I think there's six teams out of the twelve teams that could win the title this year. It's it's gonna be a stacked stacked season. Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting, and also you know the one thing that links have 
that they didn't have last year in the Wubble is they have one of the best crowds in the WNBA. You know, yeah. you go to you watch the team go to Atlanta and the stands are empty. Then they come back to the Target Center and we've got such a great Lynx fan base that they bring the noise when they're at home. So I think that's definitely going to be their advantage this season. I can't wait to watch them play. And also we went this this along without mentioning the well, I guess we mentioned the First Avenue jersey earlier. They got the fire new uniforms. Like oh. I just can't wait to watch this team. It's the one thing that we were talking about being a little bummed. Uh, you know, knowing that these are the last three games of the Wolf season. Yeah, we're excited for the playoffs, but it still is a little bit depressing to think of not watching the Timberwolves for another six, seven months or whatever. But man, that Lynx, they, they make it really easy to be like, you know what? I'm going to be okay without the Wolves because I get to watch the Lynx, you know, this That's season. That's right. And uh, again, it's this due to the, you know, strange circumstances of the pandemic and stuff. There's like this clean handoff. The baton is just getting just getting handed, right? The Lynx start on Friday. The Wolves wrap up on Tuesday. So usually there's like a couple week gap in between there, maybe even like a month of like no, no Minnesota basketball. But here we're not going to skip a beat. You know, regular season starts right now and the Wolves season finishes up. So uh, that's really interesting about this season, too. And hopefully the fan base can... Uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come out in droves, you know, maybe not in person, you know, I'm, you know, there'll probably be limited crowds for a while, but hopefully I'm interested to see sort of how, you know, that affects the crowds and, and sort of the buzz online for the Lynx this year, the fact that the Wolves are just finished. Um, so I think that'll be interesting. And then one other thing we got to talk about is Simone Augustus has retired. This is the news that came out today. Uh, she played for Los Angeles last year. So, um, you know, she wasn't with the team, but uh, still notable, still one of the greatest Lynx of all time, one of the greatest mm-hmm. WNBA oh, yeah. players. Always in time. my heart. Yeah, you love Moan. You're you're a big money Moan fan, Scott. <sighs> Who isn't Neil? Man, show me the Moaning. You know, like I love that woman. I I guarantee you. And we were talking about are they going to retire her number at the same time as they do uh, Whalen and Brunson? Because man, that would be an awesome game to go to. But regardless, her number is going to be in the rafters at the Target Center, and I will be there the day they lift it up there. Because what an amazing career and one of the most fun players I've had the you know the privilege to root for in the past decade. So. You know, I I know there's been a lot of news about the sale of the Timberwolves, but low key, you know, the real gem that Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez are buying are the your Minnesota Lynx. That's right. They're the real good team in there. So, yeah, check out the links this year, you guys. It's, uh, you know, this is kind of our pitch to you. I'm, I'm always out there, you know, trying to trying to convert some folks. But I think here's yeah. my sales pitch, Neil. Yeah. Try rooting for, for a Minnesota team that wins for a change. <laughs> Treat yourself That's to right. success, everybody. I know it feels different. Treat yourself to a little sports success. Yeah, there's the, that, that really should be all you need. But for me, it's more just about, hey, you love basketball so much, you're listening to this podcast about a bad, a bad team, like – just just keep it going just transfer it over to the summer like i feel like so there's so many wolves fans who are not lynx fans like yeah they technically like the lynx or whatever but they don't actually watch the games and i'm saying let's go this is the year for you to jump in there's only 12 teams it's real easy uh you know real easy to learn the league pretty quickly just watch the lynx it's really fun and they're good so check it out this year you guys it'll be it'll be a good season and you can uh, follow lynx dynasty as well follow along with your boy all right uh the show continues on we're going to get to mailbag here and uh, read all your amazing questions but first we have a sponsor scott let's jump right in everybody the ink isn't even dry yet on the team sale contract and mark laurie is already brainstorming visionary ways to use technology to improve the target center experience purchase a season ticket plan now to ensure you don't miss out on these next level innovations 
drones will deliver concession items to your seat. Remember when the Timberwolves had a small blimp that would drop hot dogs on fans? Well, this is the evolution of that concept. Be careful though, if you order nachos, the wolves will not be responsible if the drones drip a little hot cheese on you. Virtual reality post-game media sessions. Want to feel like an insider with access to all pre- and post-game media sessions? We can't get you in the room, but our VR setup will make you feel like it. You can even ask questions using a telecom robot. Check out Rewards for Cheering. Season ticket holders will be provided with a fitness tracking wristband that will monitor how loudly and frequently you cheer at Target Center. The more you cheer, the more rewards you'll unlock. From discounted food and exclusive merchandise to being selected for in-game promotions with Crunch. Bionic Bifocals. Your eyes ain't what they used to be, and it's hard to admit that you struggle to follow the action from the upper deck. Season ticket members will receive special eyewear that enhances your vision with a bevy of features like zooming, night and thermal vision, and player tracking UI. Nanobots. Let us inject you with these experimental nanobots. We can't tell you what they'll do, but you'll be able to dunk. It's worth it, right? Thank you to the Timberwolves season ticket reps for their support of Wolvescast. And up next, time to dive into the mailbag. It's a 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 mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo. This segment's called Mailbag. So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know. There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show. Yeah, send us your letters. Send us your messages. Send us your carrier pigeons. We want to hear from you. Yeah. All right, here it is. The last mailbag of the 2021 season. Oh, my goodness. What a year it's been. And, uh, you know, next week we'll have a season recap podcast. But this is it as far as mailbag goes. So uh, we got a lot to get to. We appreciate everybody sending in uh, their questions, mostly on Twitter. We got a few from Instagram as well. You guys are following us over there. We appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to dive into as many of these as we can get to. And uh, we're starting off with a real serious topic from at uh, no cap space one on Twitter. Who is the best dressed Timberwolf this season? Ooh, I can see. Ooh. I see no cap space asking us this. They're concerned about it because they make some fire Timberwolves merch. We love, you know, we have our origin story in making merch for Timberwolves fans. So go check out no cap space. They've got some hot stuff. They're continuing to drop and a uh, real fun follow. Also a great name. No cap space. What a, what a, what a great name at this point. Yeah. History, yeah, but yeah, Neil. Us. I mean, the Timberwolves are leaning into it. Whoever's running their social media does the pregame fits, you know, or they have some photos of yeah. the pregame outfits. So we've been able to kind of watch what players have been wearing this whole season. They keep it posted on Instagram as well. So uh, I have a top three in my mind. Do you want to? Should we start there, or do you want to go first? Yeah, why don't you start with the top three? I, I have a couple names in my head, but I don't have a lot to back it up with. So I feel like you've done a little more research on this. What, what are you thinking? All right, well, number three is, uh, you know, high highs, sometimes some low lows. It's Malik Beasley. He's had a lot of time on the bench this season to be wearing clothes instead of jerseys. And sometimes, you know, it can be just kind of bland. You know, he doesn't go all out every game. But when he does, he has some really fun stuff. The Miami Heat game, I believe it was. He was wearing the sweatshirt with a zipper that was like, you know, bigger oh. than like, you know, a 1990s phone. It was just huge. It was like this that giant was... zipper. 
that was love wild. that kind of stuff. So yeah, he he has some hits, but I'd say maybe you know some high highs, but a lot of times it's just kind of average. So that keeps him at number three. Number two, I'm going to go with Vando, and I'm going to keep Nas in here too. Nas is my number one. Both of them have some really loud shirts sometimes, some really fun like giant graphic tees, you know, that look like something out of the '90s, and some really fun references that they can pull in wearing that stuff. But I think Nas gets the go ahead because Nas also coordinates. He's got some great shorts, you know. He he puts his whole outfit together. I think Vando sometimes relies a little bit too much on the upper wear, not the leg wear. Whereas uh-huh. Nas, Nas is out there, man. He's pulling those fits. I think he's got to be, you know, the fit king of your 2020, 2021 Timberwolves. Yeah, that was the name I was thinking too. I mean, I feel like before the season or just like based on, um, you know, like reputation, I feel like D'Angelo Russell was sort of, you know, the, the, the headliner here or the person that we expected a lot from. But, you know, I, I don't know if it was because he was injured so much. I just feel like I just didn't see that much, um, you know, this year from him. So, uh, you know, still looking forward to what he can offer and still think he had some really good uh, sideline uh, street clothes. And it's actually a very interesting year for, for street clothes, too, because, you know, uh, you do, this year with no fans, you can kind of wear whatever. Like, we, wouldn't, we would not be seeing the oversized zipper hoodie from Malik in, uh, <laughs> in future years, right? Usually you have Let's to leave it relaxed. Like a, Let's not bring those rules coat. back next season. Let's just keep yeah. it this way. Yeah, I no like the, the, the freedom of expression there. But I think that what's interesting to me, and this is just a reflection of our fashion sense. Neil, you're a much more fashionable person than me, but I like loud outfits. You know, I, I want something that screams, whereas I think D'Lo and Okogi kind of looking at their fits this year. I mean, Okogi once in a while, I mean, one, Okogi always shines out with the shoes. You look at the outfit, but you right. don't notice the shoes he's had in his hands coming into the arena. Then you read the comments and it's a bunch of sneakerheads being like, I can't believe he has those shoes because <laughs> yeah. J.O. is such a sneakerhead. Uh, but I think that I've seen them wearing a lot of more like bland colors, like beige and like tan and neutral. It kind of reminds me of like Yeezy's fashion line from like yeah. five years ago where it's just like a lot of earth tones and stuff. So that doesn't necessarily grab my attention because like I said I like loud I like colorful um, but it's not to say it's not fashionable I just think that they made a choice to go subdued this season yeah all right um, next one from uh, shout Daniel. out to Cat though Cat will have a good outfit every once in a while I wore the Miami or the Florida Marlins jersey this week he wore one that said <laughs> call your senators about the George Floyd policing act it had a phone number on it so Cat can still rock a good fit here and there Totally. All right. Next one here from uh, Daniel Ob twenty three on Twitter. Daniel writes: Do you think the Wolves will make the playoffs next season? Um, so yeah, there you go. A little uh, little easy one here. Um, I guess you know we uh, with what we know now. I guess we'd say no, right? <laughs> That's uh, no. No, I'm saying yes, Neil. We're there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Give it's, Chris I, Finch. Like, listen, Chris Finch came in mid season. He doesn't have his coaches. You know, he has maybe a few people, but he hasn't been given this off season to implement his whole system. He hasn't been given a training camp. This has all been on the fly. And Chris Finch on the fly has this team performing at a 500 level. You know, especially if they keep the play in games. I mean, I don't know if, like we said on this pod before do the play-in games count off playoff games do they count as regular season games what kind of weird status category do they fall into but I think at the very least we'll be in a play-in spot next season because like I said even with this year's team which hasn't been fully constituted since the all-star break no Malik Beasley but give this team you know a full team and give that Chris Finch like a summer to work his magic and I think that you know we can expect us to at least be competing for this spot next year 
I think the Wolves will for sure be better, but what I'm more saying is I don't know what the rest of the league will look like. And uh, there's always lots of movement, lots of uh, you know players uh, changing teams and uh, your rosters flexing. So we'll see what the rest of the league looks like. But the, the Wolves should be in the mix at least, and especially yeah, with the play-in situation. You're right; they they should be able to do that uh, at Portland's minimum. Blow Come it up. on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're going to fire uh, Terry Stotts. All right, next one here from uh, old friend of the show, Nick Stumo Langer and Stumo Langer on Twitter. What's the most funny pick we could give Golden State either this year or next year? For instance, it would be hilarious to me if we gave them this year's seventh pick given the mock drafts. That must mean that like it's kind of like a six-player draft or a five-player. Yeah, but like, once yeah. again, you know, if, if there's six good players and you're saying it's funny that they're going to the seventh pick, remember it's Detroit and Cleveland or Orlando. They're not going to draft one of the right guys. So if there is a top six, I bet one of the six best players will fall to the seventh seed just because of the, some of the historically bad teams uh, drafting ahead of us. But I think, you know, for me, it's it's kind of straightforward. I think the most funny thing would be for us to keep our pick this year, make the playoffs next year. They get a pick that isn't even in the lottery. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. The, basically, the answer is like you give them like the, you know, the highest number pick possible. <laughs> so, that's right. You know, I feel like that that would be the way because, yeah, this year, like seven is probably like the lowest that it could possibly be or whatever it is. But yeah, next year. You know, yeah, let's see. Let's see the Wolves hop in this year and then next year have to do it. That would be that would be a good one. So, yeah. That's, also that's, humorous, maybe not as hilarious, but humorous would be if they get the pick this year. And you know how everyone said last year's draft was bad. Everyone's like, this is a terrible right. draft. Well, we found some real gems. Maybe last year's draft wasn't so bad. Maybe this year's draft, everyone's like, this is going to be a great draft. Maybe it doesn't pan out. Golden State gets, you know, a number four pick, number five pick this season, and they kind of blow it on someone who's underrated. And then the next year, when they could have had our pick if it had transferred, we keep our pick and we draft the real superstar. That would also be humorous, not hilarious. Hilarious would be us making the playoffs and them getting a non-lottery pick. Yeah, totally. All right. That's uh, that's that one. Thank you, Nick, for that. Um, my fan sanity on Twitter writes, if the I think this might be my favorite question. If the Wolves don't get a top three pick this year, what is the, quote, Chris Paul trade they can make to catapult them like the Suns did? I nominate Al Horford, who is shockingly still good this year and is very available. Discuss and give your pick. All right. Thank you, my fan sanity, for that one. So, yeah, he wants uh, he wants the Wolves to go out and get Al Horford. Um, that could be a good one. Town's I think buddy. that's one of the best suggestions because he yeah. is like that vet who fills a position of need and just like he's overpaid, but just like the level of professionalism and that vet knowledge that he would bring to the team could have a similar effect that Chris Paul had on the Suns this year and OKC last year. So I think that he had a great uh, proposal with Al Horford, but we'll try our best to pick yeah, some other that, ones. You know, Horford, they're trying to get rid of him too. Like They don't, they don't be want had. him on the team. So he can be had, like you said, distressed asset, I guess would be a thing you put there. He didn't have a great year in Philly the year before, but I feel like that was more of a fit thing. Um, so, so yeah, so that's that's a good one. Um, so the idea is basically sort of uh, you know someone who's kind of aging out maybe of superstardom, but you know is is still still a very solid player that can kind of raise your floor up a lot, right? If you have this player on your team, you're you're, you're going to make the playoffs. So they're going to will you. They're going to change your your whole situation. Um, just looking at some of the older guys in the league here, I don't know what about Kyle Lowry. That might be an interesting one. I thought about uh, him as well. It wouldn't be a trade because he's going to be a free agent, but. I almost thought like maybe he's too good to be a Chris Paul thing because like you know I don't know he's a great pick he's definitely one of the top three I was thinking of Kyle Lowry yeah Kyle Lowry 
is such a, you know, especially maybe like you said, distressed asset, you know, after the Raptors suddenly being one of the worst teams in the league this year, maybe people are like, oh, Kyle Lowry's lost it. I don't think Kyle Lowry's lost it. I think he's got that in his game. Is it going to age well? Um, also, what about Chris Paul? You know, it's uh, what Chris is Paul the Chris himself? Paul trade? Chris Paul has been traded every offseason for the last several years. I doubt the Suns will do that after he took them to one of the best two records in the Western Conference. But hey, it's happened before. What if it's Chris Paul who comes here? You know, it's not as good of a fit as it was with the Suns eventually. But you know what? The Suns got rid of Ricky Rubio and brought in Chris Paul. Maybe we get rid of Ricky Rubio and bring in Chris Paul. It's an option. Yeah, yeah, I think those are some good ones. That's that's kind of all I got right now. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. Well, another for one like that's like this because Chris Paul 32. is a situation where it's great player, huge contract, you know. And I yeah. think that another player of that ilk has been Russell Westbrook. I'm not sure if Russell Westbrook oh, brings no. the same number of wins that Chris Paul necessarily does, but I do think that Westbrook, you know, gets a little uh, disrespected sometimes because he's making more money than he should, but really. Russell Westbrook's still pretty good. And if the Washington Wizards wanted to blow it up, you know, trade Bradley Beeler, or, you know, everyone's always trying to get off the Russell Westbrook contract. I bet we could get it if we wanted. That'd be another one interesting one to think about. Because I do think that he doesn't, like, Chris Paul is guaranteed to go to the playoffs. And that's why I thought, like, who are other players who are guaranteed to go to the playoffs? It seems like J.J. Redick makes it every year, except for that one year. Uh, so he came to mind. But I was just thinking, like, yeah, if we had Russell Westbrook, it's not a guaranteed playoff run, but it really raises your floor. And that's what kind of Chris Paul does. Is maybe he doesn't affect your ceiling, but he raises the floor so much that you're basically guaranteed a playoff run. Yeah, thanks, uh, my fan sanity, for that one. Great question. Um, at, at Jude Bamford writes, if we lose our pick this year, how much value does next year's pick hold during the offseason? Good question here, Jude. We had to look up the Stepien rule um, about uh, trading consecutive future picks, and uh, the wool. Basically, what we think we learned was that uh, the Wolves cannot trade uh, their 2022 pick uh, today, but after this year's draft, then suddenly they are freed up to trade that um, because this year's draft will have already happened. So they wouldn't be out two future picks; they would only be out one future pick uh, consecutively. So, um, so yeah, they can trade it after the draft. And I think it would be very valuable. I mean, I think first round draft picks have only gone up in value. You know, fewer and fewer of them get moved, I think, uh, these days. And, you know, the Wolves are probably, a, you know, a borderline playoff team, as we just discussed. So, you know, I also still- think, you know, the value of first round draft picks is interesting because there are three teams who have amassed so many first round draft picks between OKC yeah. and the New Orleans Pelicans and. Uh, what was the third one? There's another team that's been sucking them up. I mean, Houston yeah. has a few, but anyways, yeah. there's a few teams that have amassed all these first round draft picks, which means there's all these teams around the league who are in a deficit right now for first round draft picks. And there's there's rarely a juicier draft pick than the Timberwolves because we've been in the lottery like 15 out of the past 16 seasons. So like just historically, you would say, yeah, let's bet on the Timberwolves to be in the lottery. Pretty safe bet. I don't know how deep the next year's draft class is going to be. I think one of the reasons why this year's draft pick was so valuable to go Golden State was they knew the the reputation of this draft was supposed to be really good. And I know people are also keeping first round picks with the idea of a double draft if the league will eventually get rid of the one and done rule and then we'll have one special super draft that contains uh, the you know the top players from a freshman year of college and the top players from a senior year of high school. It's a double dip, you know, kind of into a player class. But I don't think that'll be next season necessarily. I think the NBA would have to telegraph it more ahead of time. So I don't think we, we'd be able to add that special sauce to make the pick even spicier. Um, 
So I think, one, it's one of the most valuable picks in the league because the Timberwolves are always bad, so it's one of the safest picks to get. It's definitely going to be valued for that, so I think it's still very valuable. But I think if we wanted to trade a future pick, like, give me, like, the year, like, 2023. Like I said, Towns might be gone. D'Lo might be gone. That might be a full rebuild. Rebuild. If I were another team, that would be the pick I'm targeting. That could be worth, you know, a huge player in return just because, you know, if everything goes wrong, we'll be the worst team in the league that year. At St. Paul Hawk writes, is Ant the greatest ever or is he the best ever? Hmm. That's tough. That's that's I think uh, he's wrong. Hmm. I don't like these options. I reject these options. Ant is the greatest there will ever be. Ooh, yeah, I was gonna say he's the greatest ant ever. Mm, um yeah, no doubt. So so yeah, he's yeah, the I think uh, you know, it's his league now. And uh I think you know, 20 years from now, we'll be having the debate. You know, who's the greatest of all time, LeBron, Michael, or Ant? That's right. Well, I bet I'd be A1 for I wouldn't be surprised if he has a cameo in Ant-Man 3 when it comes out in 2023. Oh, I he's hope gonna he's be famous in there. enough. He's yeah, famous he, he, enough by then. Or people are like, oh, I get it. I know who that is. They're like, wasn't Ant-Man played by Paul Rudd? Who's this guy? Oh, well, we'll roll with it. He's very charismatic. I'm already, I'm already just like can't keep my eyes off of him. Speaking of Ant, at Iris Chal writes, do you think there are a set of rotations that would work that would keep two two of the three of Cat, D'Lo, and Ant on the floor at all times? Um, good question there, Iris. I mean, I, that's uh, that's going to be the that's going to be the, the the challenge, right, for uh, for Chris Finch here. And I've been um, I've been impressed with the way he's come up with um, you know so far already. And you know, I, d- I don't know that uh, you know that it'll look the exact same, but I think we've already seen that he's been creative enough to kind of mix and match these things. And and um, you know, uh, I guess we can jump ahead down down a few more questions, uh, French French friend the show chad writes half bear dot half man on instagram writes will delo come off the bench next year and i don't think that's going to be the case but it's interesting that he's already got him to do that here this year and i think you that just tells me that you're going to see some creative uh lineups and uh some different types of looks like that where you have guys playing you know in certain um lineups or stints that you might not think of or they might be a little unconventional so i'm i'm uh, i'm bullish on this one that they'll be able to make this work yeah chris finch seems like a smart coach you know i believe in his ability so i think that if he wants this to happen no doubt especially when you have malik back in the mix i think one of the things right now is we're seeing with just with malik out of the mix like i would say that most of the game two of those three are out except for the brief stints where it's just D'Lo and the bench guys but I think if you know you have Malik come back and once again this could go into the D'Lo coming off the bench then maybe D'Lo is a starter but checks out after two or three minutes and then it's Ant and Cat uh, for most of the first quarter and then D'Lo checks back in with the bench squad you know there's stuff you could do where he's starting but he's playing with the bench a lot more and seeing how he succeeds but I think once you add Malik into the mix you're going to have a lot of minutes to go around with those four players and yeah, I think Chris Finch is smart enough that there will be zero minutes when not one of them is on the floor. So I think he can figure it out. Yeah, totally. Um, Last question here uh, comes from uh, Tom Loftus on Instagram. He writes, how do you fix this? Hey, Tom. Yeah, Tom. Um, I miss you. 
played mini golf with Tom recently. He says hello to you, Scott. Um, How do you fix this current team outside of winning the draft lottery? Big question there uh, from Tom. So, yeah, winning the draft lottery would be great. Be able to bring in uh, Cade Cunningham or someone like that to add to the team. But if we assume that the Wolves will not have their pick this year, which is basically what's going to happen, how do they do it? How do they they tinker and continue to move forward to make this team better? What, what, What do you think are possibilities, Scott? I have my serious answer on my funny answer neil which one do you want to hear first uh funny move us to the eastern conference come on let's get this nba expansion let's put a team in las vegas let's put a team in seattle and let's move the minnesota timberwolves to the eastern conference where we would be like a six seed this year i just think the east is so weak i mean jimmy's feeling tough puffing out his chest in the eastern conference come on bro the east is easy it's weak my friend i think the timberwolves would be playoffs every single season in the eastern conference but that's probably not going to happen like this offseason my serious answer is you know the timberwolves have been bad for almost the entire existence of the franchise we've changed out the players it's still bad we've changed out the coaches still bad we've changed out the general manager still bad first time in a long time we're changing out the owners neil i think that that might be the fix that the current team needs new owners you know because at this point the only thing we haven't tried changing is glenn True. Yeah, that's uh, at least maybe from a karma perspective that will will go at least a long way, even if uh, you know not too much changes in other personnel ways or philosophy ways or whatever. That would, uh, yeah, that will excise some demons potentially there. Um, I guess my answer for this is uh, how do you fix this current team? Is like uh, slowly, kind of like step by step. Like it's not going to be like other teams where they, you know, like we said, they're you know, you know, trading for Chris Paul or something like that. I don't think that type of deal is really out there for the wolves um so but maybe it is and it's going to be but you know i don't think they'll they'll catapult up to the second seed in the west or something like that i think it will probably just be uh you know incremental you know i think you have to it's hard because you want to immediately be like a a very uh you know relevant and, and efficient team out there but there's i think they just have to keep taking steps up and even if you have you're still going to have a flawed team but maybe they can make you know the eighth or seventh seed or something like that you know and then you work from there and then you kind of just slowly weed out your issues one by one because you know I, we're all we're all excited about the Russell Towns pairing and stuff like that, but I kind of see the Russell thing as a stair step up from an, the Andrew Wiggins experience, right? And now we have this, and hey, it's not great, but it's a little bit better than what we had. And um, you know, you can kind of just keep doing that. So I don't think it's all going to happen at once. You just again still got to have patience, but hopefully they can slowly just become a more solid team, and then you just kind of put the pieces together and make smaller tweaks. Um, to the roster as the years go on to kind of creep up until you're hopefully a contender someday. So who knows if that'll happen, but that's kind of how I see it happening because the Wolves don't don't have other other ways. Grounded of an answer. That was way too realistic. (laughs) I didn't have the comedy one. An even funnier one to the table. Yeah, yeah. What we really need is A Rod to become Jada McDaniel's personal nutritionist. You know, because oh. if uh, Jada McDaniel starts sporting A Rod muscles suddenly with no explanation, I feel like there's no one in the league who's going to stop that guy. Nice. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Let's go, A Rod. Help us out here. Let, let us know where uh, we need him to build know. bulk mass. That's right. He needs to that's accumulate right. mass. Bulk it up and uh, let's let's get real with it. All right, that's mailbag. Thanks everybody for sending in those questions all season long and uh, today and stuff. So thank you very much on uh, Instagram and Twitter for sending those in. All right, we uh, we're running late. Let's wrap this up. We got weekly wolfies and then a game. Let's weekly wolfie it up. We got awards. Here we go.
presenting your weekly wolfie. All right, Scott, I want you to start first. I'm really excited about yours. You uh, you made a discovery uh, today. Yeah, this was a and, late, uh, last-minute want- audible, like 15 minutes before the pod started. I discovered something, had to make it my weekly wolfie. Everybody, I got a puppy January, and she's the best. She has just changed my life. She's super fun. Her name is Piper. And I would almost give her the wolfie because instead of last week where she was attacking me throughout the entire pod and barking and making a lot of noise, she's been a perfect angel during this pod, just sleeping next to me. So a uh, mini wolfie to her for being good. I found <laughs> out that, you know, we all know about the Muskies. We all know about the Lakers. We all know about the Timberwolves. I found out that there was another ABA team that played one season in Minnesota. And they're what? called the Minnesota Pipers, everybody. Minnesota Pipers. I had no idea when I named my dog Piper that it was going to be a link to a Minnesota basketball history. History. But it was an ABA team that moved from Pittsburgh. They won the ABA championship in 1967, 1968, and but they weren't getting fans in the stands, so they moved from Pittsburgh to Minnesota for one season. They had NBA Hall of Famer and NBA legend, basketball legend, Connie Hawkins was on the team. They came to Minnesota. They played for one season. They were the defending champs. They lost in the first round of the playoffs, and then they were like, you know what? We didn't get more fans in Minnesota. Let's move back to Pittsburgh the next year because we don't really know where else to go. That was the quote is we didn't know where else to go. So they went back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we had one season of an ABA team called the Minnesota Pipers and Connie Hawkins played for them. I'm just my mind exploded. I had no idea. I'm, you know, like it's been kind of an interest of mine, you know, Minnesota basketball history. I'd never heard of this team before. And now I have a dog named Piper and I am on the market for Minnesota Piper merchandise. If anybody sees it on eBay, garage sales, I bet there's not a lot out of there. They were only here from 1968-1969 season. But if you see any Minnesota Piper merchandise, hit me up, you guys. I'm ready to buy. Makes you wonder like, what other teams are out there that we don't know about from Minnesota history. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just think it's, uh, you know, I feel like I, I love this, you know, Minnesota sports history, Minnesota history. I, I love learning about it. So that's why it was such a shock to the system when it was like, wait a second, Scott, what is more up your alley than Minnesota basketball history? And you had no idea that there was an ABA team called the Minnesota <laughs> Pipers here. Yeah, that's right. Came out of nowhere, but now we know, and uh, we'll we'll look, try to learn more. Maybe we'll try it was and do like, like a segment uh, on this next like year. Like a year ago, that there used to be a, a women's baseball team called the Mi- Minneapolis Millerettes instead of the Minneapolis Millers, the Millerettes, and they had caps that looked just like Mario's cap. I like think like Super Mario stole the design from the Minneapolis Millerettes. It's crazy history in Minnesota. There you go. All right. So check out the Minnesota Pipers uh, historical photos or something like that. And uh, let us know if you see any merch. Um, all right. My Wolfie goes to uh, something that uh, we we harp on every single year. It's the best deal in sports, everybody. It's uh, WNBA League Pass on sale now for the low, low price of sixteen ninety nine. Yeah, that's right. You get the whole season for less than $20. Go out there, WNBA.com. Go buy it. And even if you're only going to watch like two or three games, you know you want to support women's basketball. It'll help out a lot. Uh, give them your money. Give them that number of like, oh, yeah, well, this many more people downloaded uh, or, or subscribed to League Pass this year. So, uh, you know, games are on all sorts of different platforms this year. Amazon has some exclusive games for the first time ever. So it's kind of a mess trying to find games and stuff. And who knows what the blackout rules are for those types of things. I but, can't believe Mark yeah. Laurie's letting that happen because he's an enemy of Amazon after they bought That's diapers.com right. and shut it down. 
Then he was like, you know what? I'm going to make the best e-commerce platform for Walmart. We're going to eat into your market. We're going to be the number two e-commerce platform. So Mark Laurie might just be like, no Amazon games. No, thank you. (laughs) That's right. So League Pass on sale now. Season starting uh, right uh, right around the corner here uh, as we record this like in one day. So go get WNBA League Pass and uh, you'll be set for the whole year watching any game you want to. You can, uh, you know, watch them back on replay and stuff like that. It's got all the stuff you want. It's better than NBA League Pass, too. So go it's check that out. Such a stupid good value, Neil. It's yeah. it's like, I, I it's crazy how how little money you'll be spending for this thing you use all summer. Uh, yes, you will. Go check it out, everybody. All right, that's Wolfies, and uh, let's let's get let's get out of here with this game, Scott. What's happening? What? Uh, how, how are you going to quiz me here? What's the theme? What's the what's the topic? What's happening? Well, the theme is Glenn Taylor, Neil. He's nice. selling the team. It's been a long time since he bought the team, so I thought we'd look back to when he bought the team, you know, and uh, just do some questions about that. Maybe some questions about Glenn Taylor. I'm going to cut some questions. I had some questions about the 19. 19- oh well, we'll get into it, Neil. First off, what year did Glenn Taylor buy the Timberwolves? Ooh, good question. Um, let's see. They they started in in, uh, in eighty nine, and I think he picked them up in either ninety three or ninety four. I should pick one of those two. Um, I am going to say nineteen ninety three. Something's telling me ninety three. I'm going to give it to you. It's ninety four, but you know, it's the nineteen ninety three ninety four season. You know, so how do you, okay? How do you pick? You know, all so, right. If you're giving it to me, I'll I'll do that then. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you some questions about the 93-94 season. Who are the champion? Who's the MVP? You know? <laughs> it's the Rockets. Like the Rockets. Yeah, there was one yeah. about the draft. I was going to ask you who the dra- top draft pick is. I won't do that now, but I will share with you because it's typical Minnesota draft luck. 1993-1994, uh, we had the second worst record in the league. We fell to the number four pick. The first pick, Glenn Robinson. The second pick, Jason Kidd. Number three, Grant Hill. We picked Danielle Marshall, number four. And then number five was Juwan Howard. So first, second, third, and fifth picks all had all NBA team players, all all all-star players, Jason Kidd, Grant Hill, Hall of Famers. And we picked Danielle Marshall, number four. Never made an all-star history. team, you know. Yeah, it's just like yeah, know, that is Minnesota name, draft luck. We we get screwed in the lottery and we miss out on Hall of Fame talent. And then even when we get a pick, somebody we pick someone who the next pick down is Juwan Howard. You know, like come on, that's how it goes. That's the Tim rules for you. All right, but yep. let's get through this quiz. I got four quick questions for you, Neil. Uh, don't feel shame if you don't know some of these. Who are the original owners? Of the Timberwolves, Glenn bought the team. Oh, for yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's two gentlemen. It is uh, oh, what are their names? Uh, Herb and uh, Herb and Sid or something like that. What are the names? I think that's great because it's close. It's Harvey Ratner and Marv Wolfenson. I wonder if he bought uh, yeah. the team because of the name Wolf. Harvin, Harv and Marv is what I was looking for. They they rhyme. They rhyme. Yep, exactly. So, yeah. so all right, next up. Before Glenn bought the team, the Wolves were almost sold to another city before the NBA owners rejected the move. What city did the Wolves almost move to? Uh, is it New Orleans? That is correct. I'm not sure if it was like a Montreal, wasn't it? I mean, that was just like the the, the, the baseball team there was going to Yeah, it New was Orleans a tough season or for something. them because of the strike. Yeah. So we won't go into that. I don't want to bring up bad feelings for Montreal fans. You know? <laughs> it was a tough year for them. Yeah. All right, Neil, next up. Glenn just sold the team for $1.5 billion. How much money did he pay for the team in 1994? Ooh, um, I know this. Uh, he paid, uh, what was it, 92? It was like 92 or 98. I'll say it was, uh, oh, maybe it was like 93 or something. I'll say $92 million. Give yourself the point, Neil. Is that it? 
Uh, the stat I read was approximately 90 million, so 92 okay. is definitely within All the right. approximation range there. Low. I'm glad I picked low then. All right, and last question, Neil. Glenn Taylor was born in Springfield, Minnesota, and grew up on a farm in Comfrey, Minnesota. He graduated <laughs> from Comfrey High School in 1959 and received a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics, Physics, and Social Studies from Jeez. which Minnesota University? Oh, that would be uh, Mankato State University, Scott. Add the point, Neil. You got it. <laughs> there it Glenn, is. And now, Glenn loves now Mankato. Name, now the gym's named after him, so there you go. They got the Glenn right. Taylor... I don't know what they call it, arena or gymnasium or whatever it is, but that's right. Yep, he's still out there. He's still representing Mankato and doing his thing. So, yep, we'll see what he does next. Now, uh, as he as he you know moves on to the next stage of whatever he's going to do, um, I guess for another I have two a feeling and a half years, they might receive quite a gift from him after he passes. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Uh, yes, by way of uh, of uh, Mark Laurie. So and also, hey and man, us, uh, and you know Minnesota State University Mankato graduates, hold your chin up. You could be a billionaire one day too. There you go. You could be owning some teams and sitting courtside. That's kind of interesting thing I was going to say about Mark Laurie too. Glenn and Mark were both not born billionaires. They were not born millionaires. They That's right. Both were born to working class families and moved themselves up into that position. And I don't know if that's that comforting, but I'd rather have it be that situation than right. someone who's born into money and not knowing how to like, you know, appreciate it. So yeah. uh, tip of the cap to Glenn and Mark Laurie for that. All right, cool. Yes, thanks for putting that game together. And uh, yes, thank you, the listener, for uh, chilling with us here and uh, listening to the penultimate episode of this season of Wolves Cast. We'll be back next week with uh, the season recap as uh, the season will be over here on Sunday. And we'll talk about it all and kind of try and try and uh, summarize it and uh, take us into the summer, take us into link season, take us into uh, free agency and uh, draft talk. But uh, yeah, you'll uh, you'll catch us next week here. Same time, same place. Canis Hoopus. Um, in your favorite podcast app. And yeah, thanks for joining us this week. And we'll be back with that season recap next week. Talk to you then. Goodbye. Go links. Go links. I'm going to tell the media. Hold on, hold on. Yo, yo. Oh, and got 30. Yo, and got 30. Yo, Popeye's on me, bro. Yo, we'll get you them fries, boy. <laughs>